Welcome to the final episode of Selena's The Impact of COVID-19. I'm your host, Angelica Cabral. If you've listened to all our episodes, then you've been on this journey with us for five weeks, as we've spoken with doctors, a business owner, a teacher, and a local resident who had coronavirus. When the first episode aired on December 21st, 2020, we were heading into the holiday season. At that point, December was the deadliest month of the pandemic, with more than 63,000 Americans dying from the virus. As of today, about 406,000 Americans have died due to COVID-19. A new presidential administration and a vaccine have many feeling hopeful, but you'll hear from Dr. Alan Radner, the chief medical officer at Salinas Valley Memorial Healthcare System this episode, about how we're not in the clear yet, and he's not sure exactly when we will be. Throughout this podcast, I've seen the courage and resiliency of this community. Mia Cruz adapted her business plan and model to stay afloat. Jordana Henry continued teaching her students and checking in on them. It would seem that many in the Salinas community held on even when things got more and more difficult. I'm proud of this community and I know we'll continue to get through the next months together. Now, here's my interview with Dr. Radner. Can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure, I'm uh, uh, Dr. Alan Radner. I'm an infectious disease specialist and I have a number of administrative county positions and um, including I'm the uh, chief medical officer of the Sunny's Memorial Healthcare System and I work and run the HIV infectious disease clinic at Intibidad and I'm also the Monterey County tuberculosis controller. Can you tell me, in just the past month, how has the nature of the pandemic and treating patients changed? Changed. I interviewed someone uh, from Salinas Valley Memorial a little while ago, but so just in the past month, how have things changed? Well, things um, beginning about a week or two after Thanksgiving had gotten uh, a dramatic escalation number of patients we've been taking care of as well as the acuity, very, very sick patients, large numbers. All of the hospitals in the county have been at capacity or beyond capacity. Um, And that's continued until this week, things we're hoping are beginning to slow down. Um, We're seeing fewer people being tested. The admissions have gone down a little, but the hospitals are still running, you know, roughly, I think the total numbers across the county are about 200 inpatients. and Memorial Hospital is running about 70 patients a day that are in our hospital, which is about 50 or 60 percent of our patients have COVID, many of whom are very ill, many are on ventilators. Again, we're hoping we've reached a plateau and starting to see a slight decline, but the hospitals remain very busy, a lot of very sick patients with COVID. And can you tell me about the vaccine rollout, including information about the different phases and maybe when some people might be able to get the vaccine? Sure. So the um, there's a tiered um, vaccination system that the Monterey County is following. It's derived from the CDC recommendations and the California Department of Public Health decided to follow those recommendations. So it's a fairly complicated tier system. Um, at the moment, we're in what's called phase 1A. And even within phase 1A, there's various tiers. The first tier were acute care hospital, healthcare first responders like ambulances, EMS, and long-term care facilities primarily. 
and each of those was being led by different groups. So the hospitals were obviously um, required or mandated to take care of the acute care hospitals. So all of the hospitals have really gone out of our way to vaccinate um, people who work in our institutions are um, essential for us keeping our hospitals open and taking care of all these patients. So we've all received, when I say all of us, Memorial, Salinas Memorial Hospital, Natividad Medical Center, Community Hospital Marine Peninsula, and Me Memorial Hospital all received um, back enough vaccine to take care of those groups. And since it's a two-dose vaccine, we're all in the process of working our way through that. Um, we vaccinated well over 2,000 people as have CHOMP and uh, Natividad Memorial, I'm sorry, Me Memorial was done a smaller number because they're a smaller institution. So we're all working through these tiers. Um, the next group is what's called phase 1B and that's gonna be the general public. Initially in phase 1B, it's people either, there's some discussion about the age cutoff. Initially it was over 75. There's discussion about it being everyone over 65 and non-healthcare associated essential workers like teachers and essential ag workers. We aren't there yet. The county has not received enough vaccine to get into those tiers. And we're all working on how we're gonna accommodate that. That's gonna be a heavy lift. That's a lot of people. We're talking about tens of thousands of people. We're working at um, the Memorial Healthcare System on supporting both getting, there's some support needed still in some of the phase 1A group, particularly in the long-term care facilities. We're also working to do the 65 and 75 and older through our clinics. Smaller clinics, there will also probably need to be bigger mass vaccination centers. All that is, there's an ongoing dialogue and meeting after meeting and how we're going to do that. So that's a long answer to um, a very complicated question, and it's a challenge throughout the country and in Monterey County. We're hoping within the next week, maybe within the next week or two, we will start rolling out to the people over 75, potentially over 65, and these other workers. And we're all trying to get um, vaccination sites in place so we can accommodate that. But unfortunately, at the moment, we don't have the vaccine to even do that. And I can't tell you when that's gonna come. That's completely out of our control. It comes from the manufacturer, through the federal government, to the state, to the Monterey County Health Department. And when we get it, we'll be very excited. I just can't give you an, a, a, an exact time on that. And how has the actual distribution been? Has it been going smoothly? Have there been issues getting the vaccines you do have to people? So again, we've been focused on the acute care hospital and that has gone very well in all the institutions to the best of my knowledge. Um, we've been vaccinating our staff. Everybody's been great. We haven't seen serious side effects. Um, everybody's very appreciative. That's gone really well. Um, there's been, we, again, we, we aren't in charge of the extended care facilities or the long-term care facilities. That was supposed to be a partnership with some of the commercial pharmacies and the federal government. Our understanding is there's been delays there. It's not something we're overseas, so it would be a better question for the Monterey County Health Department. We do know that it hasn't rolled out as smoothly as they anyone would like. And that's why they've approached us and some of the other institutions to help support that at this point in time. But again, it's not something I can speak to directly because it wasn't something that we were mandated to kind of lead at this point. Do you have any thoughts about when 
someone who is young and healthy and not an essential worker might be getting the vaccine? I really don't. I mean, honestly, your guess is as good as mine. We're, you know, we're, we don't have the vaccine at the moment for, um, as I mentioned, people with medical problems or people over 65 or 75. Um, and unfortunately, what we really start talking about when we're doing an acute care hospital, we're talking about in the thousands in Monterey County, as we go into this 1B, people over 65 or 75 and other essential workers, we're talking in the tens of thousands. And realistically, when we get to everyone 16 to 64, we're talking about hundreds of thousands. Um, and I, you know, again, I just don't know about the manufacturing and distribution of that and what Monterey County is going to see. Switching gears a little bit, can you tell me about your own personal experience during this pandemic? How has it been for you working under this stress for all these months? Um, it's, you know, it's been a challenge and it's, um, I've taken almost no time off in eight or nine months. Um, and I still see patients, I go to the hospital. So it's been, you know, a lot of stress trying to organize the systems and meet vaccination efforts and testing efforts and therapeutic efforts and take care of patients. Having said that, I mean, it's, there's unbelievable heroes at our institution. Every time I go to our COVID wards, we have ICU nurses who I, I almost no days off in the last nine months. And there's nurses who are working these 10, 12 hour shifts in these PAPRs um, and this PPE taking care of very sick people that I, there's a, there's a number of nurses. I, I've never gone up there and not seen them working. Their staff has been phenomenal. They're working overtime. They're, you know, taking care of our sickest patients. And there's a large group. There's our nurses, our critical care doctors, our palliative medicine doctors. There's a lot of people here who are exhausted, but have done an incredible job. And compared to them, I'm, you know, I have nothing to complain about. They're, they've been amazing. How has your background in infectious diseases lent itself to how you've approached working through this pandemic? Well, I mean, I, I think just the background in understanding infectious diseases, communicable diseases, therapy, initiating therapy, working in the hospital, um, understanding vaccine distribution, all that training is obviously applicable to what we're dealing with with this pandemic that's due to a transmissible respiratory virus. So it's, it helped understanding from the beginning about what we were seeing and again, testing and treatment and um, infection prevention, all those issues have been, you know, it's been germane to what we've had to, had to deal with. What do you think we can expect for the near future when it comes to the pandemic? What do you think it'll look like over the next month or two? Well, we're hopeful that we're going to start to see a bit of a plateau and even a lull. I mean, this has been a virus that I think what it, what we believe is that this is not going to go away. There will be peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys, and it won't go away until fundamentally there's herd immunity. And that's either going to happen by vaccination or that's going to happen by infection. And we're a long, long, long way from this happening from natural infections. So... We're hopeful that we're approaching a lull, um, possibly because we're over these holidays, which seem to perpetuate the virus. And we hope there'll be a downward trend and we'll utilize that time to 
max fast vaccinate our community and be able to prevent another huge surge from coming, which without vaccination will be inevitable, frankly. Do you have any thoughts on what everyday ordinary people can do to help out during this time? Yeah, well, I think, you know, again, we keep thinking we're hopeful that there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel here. And if we can get if we can get vaccine and we can distribute it, that we can get back to normal even within a few months. But people are still getting infected every day. I mean, in Monterey County, I think we were told yesterday there were well over 300 new reported cases. We admitted 10 sick people to the hospital yesterday, and it's really, you know, a shame if people are getting infected now when um, if they can hold out for the next few months, if they cannot be infected in the next few months, um, they, you know, they can avoid infection and hospitalization and potentially even dying. So we really hope that people will do all the things that everybody knows about with respect to physical distancing and masking and responsible behavior. You know, there's also this concern that with that throughout the country and even in Northern California, that there are variants of this virus, which may even be more contagious. So it's even a bigger reason to put our guard up over the next few months while we're trying to get the vaccine out. How many people have to be vaccinated about how many to, or what percentage to achieve herd immunity through vaccination? So no one knows that. This is a long, complicated discussion. so part of it is, as I said, you, to, to have herd immunity, it can either come from a natural infection or it can come from a vaccine theoretically. And um, part of the herd immunity, I mean, we know that there's a percentage, probably somewhere between five to 10% of Monterey County has already had the disease. So those people already have the least immunity for the time being, we hope. Um, Probably there's been, you know, some disagreement somewhere between 50 to 75% of the population um, would require immunity to really have, you know, pretty strong fundamental herd immunity. So part of it has to do with the vaccine efficacy. It's kind of a complicated discussion, but, you know, I I think realistically, if we could vaccinate 50, 60% of Monterey County, and you add on to that the immunity that's been acquired by an infection, we'd be in a pretty good shape. So we'd really like to get vaccine out to 50 to 60% of the population, which is 100 and what, 150, 175,000 people in Monterey County. Is there something people have to watch out for between the first dose and their second dose of the vaccine? Can they still get a bad case of COVID during that period? Yeah, definitely. So we, we know that the vaccine probably doesn't kick in at all for at least seven to 14 days. So we've definitely had people who got vaccinated and came out with COVID a day or two later. It may have been that it was already incubating because there's a period of time when you're asymptomatic. We may have vaccinated people who already had COVID and didn't have symptoms. So we know that it takes a couple weeks to get any immunity. The Pfizer vaccine, at 95% started one week after in the study, started one week after the second dose. So a week after you get your first dose, you're still not terribly protected. So you can't walk around with some false security that you have immunity. And even at the end of your second dose, and when you we think you have as great an immunity as you have, 
95% efficacy still means that people get infected. 5% still will get infections. The good news is um, doesn't seem to be nearly as severe, um, but um, you know it's still a possibility, which is why until we get a decrease overall in our community, um, even after you've been vaccinated and you've gone through that period a few weeks after your second dose, that we're still recommending that people continue to you know, practice um, all of the kind of preventative measures that we've already talked about. With this episode, we conclude our limited series podcast about Salinas' response to the pandemic. However, that doesn't mean we're done covering news about the pandemic. You can catch all our coverage on our website, www.thecalifornian.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sal News and Instagram at Salinas Californian. If you have a tip for a story, reach out to one of our reporters whose contact information can be found in their stories on our website. <laughs>